Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. I'm finally back for good. I was gone seeing my family for a really long time for the holidays, but I'm back and I'm ready to get consistent again with my videos. I'll have this video and then two more after this, and then next week it'll be the usual four on Monday through Thursday. Apologies for how long of a break I took. I hope you all enjoy this video. And I want to give a trigger warning for the mentioning of sexual assault for story number three. And as always, if you have a story of your own, be sure to send it to southerncannibal.com. And without further ado, let's get into the stories. And remember to always stay hungry. The story is not entirely mine although I do have personal experiences with this individual. I have worked at Walmart since July 2021. I was hired at 16, and I'm now 17. Over the time I've worked there, I've had quite a few experiences with older men being creepy. The one I'll be telling about today is the one with Doug. I'll be changing the names of those involved, however, the name of the creep will stay the same because I just simply do not care. Ever since I began working at Walmart, I've noticed the same guy coming into the store quite often. The guy seemed to be in his late 30s or early 40s. I work front end and usually am a cashier. The times I've had the most interactions with Doug have been while I was stationed at one of the main entry doors. When Doug came in, he usually asked about one of the older workers, Shelly. I remember him saying then he used to work in my Walmart, but not sure why he told me. He came off as a little weird, but still polite. Many times he would come in to bring Shelly food while she was working. He always made it seem like the meals he brought her were from his church. Shelly acted like she personally knew Doug, so I didn't really think much of it. There was even one time he had extra food and I took some, which I really regret, thinking of what I know now. A few months ago when I was at a door, I had to pull in carts since I was running low. I began pulling in the carts when Doug walked in. I was outside and I could see him from under the wall that had a cutout just big enough for the carts to come in. He first pulled a cart for himself and I thought he would start his shopping. Instead, he came under the wall and started helping me push in carts. I remember being so weirded out as to why he was helping me. Every once in a while, someone would kind of move carts so I wouldn't push them too far from the inside. But no one has ever come outside to help me. He started moving the carts for a bit and then asked if I needed any more help. I told him I was fine, but he still continued to help. When all of the needed carts were pushed in, I thanked him for his unnecessary help and he finally took his cart to go shopping. Where this story really begins is with two of my co-workers. Brittany is 16 and I believe Claire had recently turned 18. I was doing a cart of returns, which is basically just putting things people have returned or things people put on random shelves back where they belong. I met Brittany and Claire who were talking to our other coworker Sophia who had just been promoted to team lead. Sophia is only 19, so all of the younger workers really enjoyed talking to her. 
I walked into the three talking about a creepy guy. Brittany began explaining how both she and Claire had been having these weird interactions with this guy who had introduced himself as Doug. She and Claire tried explaining what this guy looked like, but I couldn't place a face on him. It was when they said that he always brought Shelly food when I then realized who he was and I told them about my interactions with him as well. Sophia had no idea who this guy was. Doug had been targeting both Brittany and Claire and creeping them out. I hadn't been scheduled due to many employees' hours being cut, so I hadn't had as many experiences with Doug as they had been having. Doug often came to either girl while they were stationed to a door to have a conversation with them. Claire told me how he kept telling her she was beautiful and asked her if she wanted to hang out when she wasn't working. Claire obviously told him no, and she told him she had a boyfriend. This didn't seem to phase Doug, however, and he still kept interacting with Claire. Brittany also added that when both she and Claire got off work, Doug would follow them to their cars. Doug had gone up to Brittany and he told her she had a nice car, which freaked her out now that he knew what car she drove. Brittany even said she was positive Doug followed her home because the same day he was in the store and she had gotten off, a black van left the parking lot with her and followed her home. Brittany also told another of our team leads. However, this team lead Charlotte seemed to not care about this information. There was one instance where Brittany was at a register and Doug was beside Charlotte. Brittany was called to the service desk for some reason and Charlotte made her talk with both her and Doug, even though she knew the entire situation. Brittany told AP, which is basically all of the security we have, about what Charlotte had done. I recommended getting a restraining order, but Brittany said she already talked about it to someone at Walmart. She was told if she got a restraining order, she would be fired, which is why she hadn't gotten one yet. Both Sophie and I told Brittany that they can do that, and I said to report it to ethics. Brittany said that she had been told that the next time Doug went into Walmart, he would be walked out when he was spotted. She also said his name wasn't actually Doug. She also said that it had apparently been found out that his name was actually Keith, and he had apparently been fired for attempting to do various things with underage girls. Along with him lying about his name, the food brought in wasn't from a church. Knowing this now, it makes me feel sick because I ate a piece of cake he brought in. Fast forward a few weeks, and I saw Keith standing at the service desk talking to our coach in Charlotte. I told Claire, and as I was telling her, he started walking out of the store, followed by the coach and Charlotte. I was on my break, so I peeked out of the door, and I then saw Keith being talked to, and he seemed to be both upset and confused. He was probably outside for about five minutes before he finally left. Ever since he was walked out, no one has seen him in the store since. I guess he was told he wasn't allowed on Walmart property again, but I guess we'll see how serious Keith actually takes that ban. This happened to me about a month ago. Everyone talks about fight or flight, and I've always wondered which one I would be. Well, come to find out, I'm neither. I just freeze up. For some background, I'm a 20-year-old female, 5'3", 
and weighing at 110 pounds. It was a Friday, and I was spending the night at my boyfriend's apartment. I wasn't feeling well, so around 10.30pm, he drove me to Walmart to get some medicine. Now, this Walmart isn't in the best area, and it's known to attract creeps. My boyfriend is an absolute sweetheart, but also pretty buff, and would be able to defend himself if needed. We went in, and I went to the bathroom while my boyfriend went to get the medicine. When I was done in the bathroom, I texted him, and I went to go find him. When I came out, he was already walking in my direction because he didn't want to leave me by myself. Thank God he did. Before I could get to my boyfriend, a man that looked to be in his mid-40s to early 50s approached me. He was thin and disheveled with gray hair. Hey, it's so good to see you. I was extremely caught off guard and just studied his face, trying to figure out if I knew him or not. My boyfriend was just standing next to me at this point, but hadn't reacted. He was reading my body language and also trying to figure out if I knew the man or not. I was frozen. The man inched closer to me, and he then ran his hand down my arm. I snapped out of it, and I pulled away. I don't know you, I blurted out. The man smiled and then reached out again. Well, you do now he said. My boyfriend realized that the man was a complete stranger, and he then grabbed my arm to pull me away. The man followed behind us, and we started walking faster. This is nice, the man mumbled. Um, can you stop following us? I said. My boyfriend raised his voice. Seriously, dude, go away. Luckily, he listened, and he walked in the opposite direction. My boyfriend and I checked out, and I then told the clerk what happened. She told us she would alert the manager, and we left the store. My boyfriend and I talked, and we came to the conclusion that the man saw me walking towards my boyfriend, and he thought I was alone when he approached me. We also think that he may have been on drugs, as he had a really crazy look in his eyes, and he was mumbling things that made no sense. All I know for sure is that I'm so glad my boyfriend was there with me and that the man backed off. I will never go back to Walmart at night again. My name is Jordan, and at the time I was 12, and I had just gotten my first Facebook account, and I had my friends and family friends on there. My mom and I had just finished shopping at our local Walmart, and we were headed to our car. This time, which was unusual, we parked near the back of the parking lot. As we left the building, I glanced over to the side, and I saw a particularly tan and skinny guy. He was wearing one of those neon green Nike shirts with black pants. His hair was messed up and shiny, and he was smoking a cigarette. We finally made it to our car and started unloading. Side note. My mom is very religious. She always wants to see the sunny side of situations and that nobody can be that dangerous. We started loading our car with groceries when the man was suddenly behind us. He was especially close to my mom's purse. Maybe he's just a druggie wanting money? He grabs some groceries and starts handing them to us. He then says, 
Oh, I'm just here to help, you know? Which was weird because he wasn't even wearing anything that said he was an employee. After he helps with the groceries, he's now right behind me, extremely close. My mom said something to me which mentioned my name, and the man goes, Jordan? That's a very pretty name. Here you go, Jordan. He hands me a half-eaten candy bar. I take it, after shooting my mom a glance with the, what the heck, kind of look. She doesn't see a problem. Where are you two ladies headed? He asks. My mom replies, but I didn't want to hear what she said. But I got in the car and immediately threw the candy away. I told her that was weird and uncomfortable. And she pretty much blows me off, just saying he was being nice. Something didn't feel right, though. It gave me chills in my core. We made it home, which I immediately noticed a beat-up truck slowing around the corner of the street and slowly going by. We went on with our day. And it was about three to four days later that I then received a message on Facebook from an account with a male profile picture. I was new to Facebook, and I wasn't sure how to set it up or how to manage who could message me. It didn't look like the guy, but the message was implied that it was. Hi Jordan, this is Mike from Walmart. I very obviously didn't respond because I knew it was creepy enough. My mistake was not telling my parents. See, my parents have sheltered me from the internet for my whole life. If they found out I was ever in danger online, they'd take away my electronics and I'd have to go back to having all of my devices monitored with no freedom. So, I didn't reply. An hour or two goes by and I start receiving calls, more calls, and even more calls. I had to silence my Facebook notifications. It all started at, Why are you ignoring me? To, I'm going to kill you, until he finally stopped. It was scary, but I assume people online threatened anything they could. Fast forward a month or so, and I then get an email. Hi Jordan, it's me, Mike again. How are you? I don't reply. It goes on again for another week, email after email. Each one got a little meaner. The last email I remember was the worst. It was basically him confessing his love for me, telling me how beautiful he thought I was and how I wasn't weird and that he loved me. As the email continued, it got more and more disgusting and graphic. The end telling me how he wants to sexually assault me and slice my throat. I was terrified and also disgusted. I didn't tell my mom, which I really wish I did. I'm still so mad with myself that I didn't speak about it. I'd always thought I could be different from all the other girls if I was ever put into a situation like that. I told myself I wouldn't ever let anyone silence me, but I was really scared I'd be in trouble. I reported and deleted all of the emails and the pictures of them from my phone, which I was really fucking stupid to do. Only the next day, I get another email from a different account. All it said was, I'm going to find your house and kill you. I stayed up all night for four nights straight. Another few days go by, and it's almost time for bed, and I step outside to let my miniature husky do her business. Our garage overhead door is locked pretty much every night by my dad who has the keys. My older siblings have snuck out before, 
so only he has the keys. He told me to close the garage door when I came in and that he'd lock it before he went to bed. Thank God I locked the garage side door. After my husky's done, I call her in and I then close the garage overhead door. It was heavy, so it's not like wind could pull it up. As I go to close it, I see the same red beat up truck that came by months ago. I can still remember waking up to a banging noise on one of the downstairs doors. I looked at my phone and memorized the time, 4.37am. The banging and rattling of the downstairs doors went on for what seemed like an hour, but it was only about 10-15 to 15 minutes. I didn't sleep for a while. Maybe it was a coincidence and some high guy stumbled to our house. I don't know. The next morning my mom walked outside and she found our garage overhead door was wide open. I guess she didn't hear the banging or the door rattling. My room was upstairs right over the garage while my parents room was at the other end of the house. I know I closed that garage door. I can't help but think that it was him that night. My parents still don't know about what happened. I used to work as a loss prevention officer at a popular large store at the mall. At the time, I was a 19-year-old female in college. On this particular day, I was watching the store cameras around the holiday season, so it was very busy with a ton of people bustling around, making it much more difficult to catch shoplifters and arrest anyone getting away with the high amounts of theft. However, I learned through this experience that shoplifting isn't the only crime taking place on camera. I was utilizing several of the PTZ cameras our store had surrounding high-cost items in the Sephora makeup section of the store. With these cameras, I was able to pan, tilt, and zoom in on any activity I found suspicious. I was watching the Sephora store, which was filled with female shoppers, and I noticed a man standing completely still near the entrance. Sometimes there's an occasional bored boyfriend or husband, but this guy seemed different. He didn't appear to be with anyone in particular, nor did he appear to be shopping for himself for a gift. He was just sort of standing there, staring vaguely off into the distance, occasionally facing different directions as people moved around him. I decided to get a closer look at the guy, and I zoomed in on his hands, which he held perfectly straight against his side. In one hand, I saw a circular object with some sort of very small lens. I knew instantly that this was some sort of video camera or camera that he was trying to hide out of view. I began to scan his surroundings, and I noticed him moving the lens towards a young girl who was perhaps 11 or 12 towards her lower body. He would slowly follow her around as she walked with her dad, which made the whole thing even more shocking. I immediately informed my coworkers, the mall security, and the police, which luckily there was usually an officer always stationed at this mall since security can't do anything. By this point, my job was to follow this guy around with the camera to collect as much evidence as I could and to not lose sight of him while my coworkers went out to find him to watch from a distance out on the floor. The police officer was with me in the camera room, watching to see what exit he would leave the store out of. His reasoning was to catch the guy outside as to not cause a dangerous situation in a heavily crowded store. Unfortunately, 
I think that was a mistake, because eventually I saw the guy walking down another walkway, following another young girl close behind with his camera close to her lower body. I think he started to get suspicious the security was on to him because he ducked out of view and I lost him. I checked everywhere and the officer checked the floor and didn't find him. A search of the parking lot rendered nothing as well. So yeah, he got away to watch his sick footage and return another day to continue his disgusting hobby. Working this job showed me that there are a lot of sick people out there. Never assume you're safe just because there's a lot of people around you. Watch your back. Carry something to protect yourself. There are people who deliberately go out of their way to do wrong, and others who just happen to walk up on the opportunity and take it. Always be careful. I'm a female, and when this took place, I was around 18 to 20 years old. I needed a job, so I applied to work at a small local gas station and got hired soon after. I live in a rural area, and my town has a population of less than 3,000. That being said, the gas station was usually dead, despite a few rushes here and there. Since it was an easy job, only one person could work at a time. I usually worked the second shift, coming in at 1 p.m. and closing at 9 p.m. The gas station had a specific type of customer, most of them being rednecks, some trashy people, as well as your average Joe customers. You see some crazy things working in a gas station. I've seen all sorts of weird things go down, such as domestic violence in the parking lot, almost being punched over not accepting food stamps as payment for cigarettes, and once a drunk guy hit the gas pumps with his car, which could have caused a literal explosion. Of course, most of the customers are just there to get their stuff and leave, but there are a few who overstay their welcome, to say the least. There was one regular in particular who gave me the absolute creeps. When I started working there, my coworkers warned me about him, saying that he's really weird but ultimately harmless. For this story, we'll call him Bob. I got like two days of training, then started working on my own. During one of my first shifts alone, I had met the customer that I got warnings about. The first thing I noticed about him was the smell. He literally smelled like death and you could tell that he did not regularly bathe. He also chewed tobacco, and it was constantly dripping out of his mouth and caked all over his teeth. You could tell he had some sort of mental handicap, and to be clear, this has nothing to do with the reason I found him creepy. Just hear me out. It'll make sense. So the first time I met Bob, he formally introduced himself to me, and he put his hand out to shake mine. I really didn't want to touch his hand, but I didn't want to be rude, so I did it anyway. He started trying to chat with me, to which I was still being polite but just giving him short answers and pretending to look busy so he would leave. He stayed there making small talk for about half an hour. This was a regular occurrence too. Every time he came in, he would linger and try to talk to me for sometimes up to an hour. The whole time I was trying not to breathe too much due to the overwhelming smell. 
Being that I saw him nearly every day, I unfortunately got to know him quite well over the span of the two years I worked there. He did this thing often where I would hand him his change and he would grab my hand while weirdly smiling and laughing. The first time I told him I was a germaphobe and that I didn't like people touching me, which is not true. Despite me saying this, he did it again countless times and every time I would tell him not to touch me. Sometimes his hand was wet too with some mystery liquid and even though I'm in fact not a germaphobe, this made my stomach churn. He would also very obviously stare at my boobs and otherwise held direct unblinking eye contact at all times. The real issues arose though when he started talking about politics. He would go on long rants about illegal immigrants, how much he supported building the wall, how gay marriage was an abomination, and so on. My politics are the exact opposite of this, but I figured it wasn't worth arguing about with him and I just told him it was inappropriate to talk about politics in public, or sometimes I wouldn't respond to him at all. He also talked about all the guns he had at his house, which really freaked me out, since I don't believe someone that unstable should be allowed to own a gun, let alone multiple guns. I'm not really sure how much of what he told me was true though, since I got a feeling he often said things just to get attention. At this point, I was still very creeped out by him, but also got used to dealing with him. I would usually tell him to leave, saying I had to go clean the bathroom or something, and that I couldn't leave him in the store alone. I had to be pretty persistent, but eventually he would listen and go home. Multiple customers had complained about him saying weird things to them in the parking lot, or asking people for rides since he didn't drive. There were also reports of him lurking around behind the building, and I saw him many times searching through the outside ashtrays and smoking half cigarettes left by other people. Just a fair warning, this next part is really disgusting. He once came into the gas station and had an accident, if you know what I mean, and not a number one either. It got all over the floor too. I got him to leave, called my boss and I told her I didn't get paid enough to clean up human waste and that she could be the one to deal with that since she wouldn't ban him from the store. Trust me, I asked. She said she understood, told me to close early and she would come take care of it. Thank God, because if she expected me to clean that up, I would have quit on the spot. I knew there was something wrong with Bob, which I do feel bad about but I also strongly believe no one who works for minimum wage at a gas station should ever have to deal with that. I wasn't necessarily nice to him at this point, but I was never outright rude. But all of my frustrations with him were really building up, and one night I snapped at him. I was really friendly with this one customer. He was a big black guy, and we would make small talk with each other. There's not that many black people in the area I live in, and he was the only black regular customer that we had. He didn't come in too often, maybe once a week. This night in particular, I was chatting with him, and who comes in but Bob. Bob walks in, and he stops at the back of the store, and he just starts staring at my other customer. Bob didn't say anything when I was chatting with the other guy, just stood there and stared. After the customer left, 
Bob came up to the register and said some really racist things about the other guy that I will not repeat, but that included calling him the N-word. He said it confidently too, like I would agree with him because we're both white or something. I was already fed up with Bob, and I totally unleashed the beast on him. I told him very assertively that I was done dealing with him and did not come in the store if I'm working. I also told him that if I saw him coming since he walks here and I have a clear view of the road, I will lock the door and not let him inside. I didn't really have the authority to do this, but I didn't care since he was being racist towards my customers, as well as making everyone around him uncomfortable. He started backtracking and trying to explain what he meant, but I was having none of that. Although Bob was very uncomfortable to be around, he was pretty feeble and skinny. I, on the other hand, have always been more sturdy, and I knew if it came down to it, I could defend myself if he tried to attack me or something. Luckily, he didn't. And after some protesting from Bob, I was basically yelling at him to get the hell out of the store until he finally left. I saw him a few times after this. I ended up not locking the door because other people needed to get in and out. But each time I refused to serve him and told him to leave. He usually listened to me, and a short while later, I quit that job. I've never seen him again, and I plan on keeping it that way.